0: I have to. Okay. As soon as I get these things turned off here. Yep,. We're good. Well, I believe, and I believe that the, the basis of, uh, of you believing needs to be based upon the fact that God made it all. He created it all. Because without that, we're being flooded with all kinds of information by scientists that say no. But I believe that God's word is true. And if you've got, his, uh, if you've got a, a Bible, take it out and turn to John, the first chapter of John. And it starts out, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. See, the world doesn't uh, comprehend it. It doesn't understand that God created it all. He created us. He made us for purpose. You have a purpose. A lot of times uh, people today have uh, come to the place where they they don't know what their purpose is. Well, I can tell you right now what your purpose is, is to be a child of God and to worship him and to spread the gospel. It's a challenging thing because in the beginning God in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, and he said, and he said it. He said, God let, God said, let there be light. And then God said, let there be firmament. And then God said, he called the firmament a heaven, and then God said, let the waters under the heavens. And I'm going through Genesis 1 fairly quickly. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. And then he said, and the earth brought forth grass. And the evening and the morning of the third day, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament. And then God made two great lights, and God set them in the firmament, and the uh, evening and the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters abound with abundance. And God created the great sea creatures, and God blessed them, and saying, be fruitful. And then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind. And God made the beast of the earth. And then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish. So God created man in his own image. And then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And then God said, See, I have given you herb herbs that yield and seed. And then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. God made some mighty good things, and he wants the thing that God did is he made a choice. He made a choice to create everything. He made a, cr- a choice because, and he gave this us uh, dominion over it because, and he made us because he loves us. God loves you and me. And with all of our barnacles and faults and... Uh, Phobias and fears and all that. He still still loves us. He chose to love us. And he said it was very good because God wants the very best for you. Uh, And sometimes the choice is ours. And sometimes uh, we don't like the choices that we have. You know, there are going to be a few of you that will not like the choice that was made for you. Uh, when you want to go down East Devils Lake Road tomorrow. Because <laughs> you aren't going to do it. And you didn't have a choice there. And we don't like it when somebody makes a choice for us, do we? And sometimes we don't even like the choices that we make. But choices, sometimes they're easy, sometimes they're, they're tough. I had some tough ones yesterday. We went to Otis Cafe, and I had to decide, now, am I going to have... <laughs> German potatoes or am I going to have a hamburger and I had to face that choice And then I had to decide Do I want uh, Rhubarb pie or marionberry pie With ice cream Those choices sometimes are really tough to make And then sometimes They're not But we do, we do make choices That influence and have, a, have a, An effect on our lives And I, I, I read a story About Lieutenant John Blanchard he was a soldier, he was in Florida, he liked to read, he was in a, just before he was due to ship out to go to Europe uh, he was in a a a bookstore and he ran across this book that was uh, it was a leather bound book with some verses and some devotions and some uh, poem like uh, print or content and on the margins of it was written some comments and some beautiful words about what was going on there and he thought wow that person really has some insights in what's going on in the world and he just loved what was said and he noticed in the front of the book there was a name and it was Mary Nell Norris and he was able to find out her address just as he was being shipped out and uh, he wrote her a letter and said i just love what you had to say in this book and i'd like to correspond with you but i and i'd like to i'd like to meet you sometime but i can't i'm i'm shipped out and i will be overseas for over a year and during that time that he was overseas he began the correspondence with this mary nell and he was beginning to really enjoy the letters and began to, basically, he began to become very uh, fond of this person in the correspondence. And he said, "Would you send me a picture of you?" And she said, "No, I will. I, I won't do that. Our relationship, which they had developed a relationship by letters, which you can, it can happen." Uh, and she said, "No, I won't. I won't send you a picture." And it went on. His time was due, and he was due to come back, and he wrote her a letter. I would like to meet you. And she, he knew that she lived in New York. He says, I'll be coming through New York, and I would like to meet you. And I, can I meet you at Grand Central Station under the big clock? And she said, Yes. And he says, Well, how will I know? She, he said, she said, Well, I'll be wearing a, a red rose, and you bring the leather bound book, and I'll know who you are and he'll have his uniform on it. The time comes. He's in Grand Central Station and he's walking toward the big the big clock. And uh, with his leather bound and uh, lo and behold here he's there's a lot of people in Grand Central Station and he's walking down toward the clock to find Marinell. And just as he's Getting closer to the clock, but he's not quite there. Comes this vision of loveliness. This was a vision in a green suit that was slender, blonde. I mean, she had it all. And he can't keep his eyes off her, and he's walking down, and she goes by him, you see, and, he, and she says, Go in my waist, soldier. And he kind of went, started to turn, which any young blooded soldier would do and then he saw Mary Nell the lady with the rose and he had a choice to make do I follow or do I go where my commitment is where I know the promises that I've made and so he made the choice and he went Marinell. The gal in the green dress disappeared and was gone. Marinell was past 40, probably end of the fifties. Rather in rather she was not small. She had the red rose. He goes up to her and he salutes her and he says, Marinelle, I have a I have this this book that I've enjoyed reading and the correspondence that we've had, uh, I want to take you out to dinner because he'd promised that in one of the letters to take her out to dinner. And she, at this time, she kind of hesitates and says, uh, I really don't know what this is all about, but I'm, I'm not Mary Nell. Uh, but I was told by that young lady that went down that way, that if uh, you were to ask me out to dinner, I was to tell you that she's across the street waiting to have dinner with you. (laughs) So choices influence our lives. Some choices, um, but the choice that God made was that he wants you to have the very best. And when you make the right choice, and when you made the choice to follow Jesus Christ... He's got the best for you. He really does. And yet there are choices that we make that are, uh, every day that we face that are not easy to make because uh, it, it is really difficult to know all the time what kind of choices to make and how we go about deciding the choices that we make and i hope and i pray that and i know the choices i've had to make over the years i made i've made i was talking with my wife this morning as we walk and oh by the way this is my wife betty and we've been married a few years like what oh i know exactly how many years we've been married <laughs> you laugh come on we've been married 53 years it'll be 54 years in December 29th we got married December 29th 1961. And I knew that. No clap for her, not for me. <laughs> she endured she she put up with me. But I was talking about some of the choices that I made. I wasn't always a preacher. I was a I was a golf professional before I came I, I, I came into the ministry, and I had to make some choices there, because I loved what I did. I was doing. I was making. I don't even want to think about what a, how blessed God had, how much God had blessed us. But those choices, sometimes, when you make them, you you don't know well, why am I doing this. But when you make them, you have to understand that if you're See, I didn't make the choice by myself. I'd spent time on my knees. And I'd spent time talking to God and listening to God. Because when you pray, don't just talk. You gotta listen. Because if you don't listen, your choices are going to be you're gonna be they could be wrong. But if you if you listen to as you're praying, it's important that you listen When you do that When you come to the place in your life When you uh, you, You think now am I doing the right Things I want to tell you one thing And I wish I'd have said this but I forgot Who said this you want to Doubt your doubts Don't doubt your faith Doubt your doubts Because God's word is true God's word is inspired By the Holy Spirit And it's true and inspired from Genesis all the way to Revelations. Every bit of it is and you can't pick and choose out of it what you want to hear or what you want to believe. There are parts in here that are that are very difficult. There are parts in here that in Romans 1 he talks about creation he talks about this world. He talks about some hard things because uh, that we need to, to do and to obey. Francis Schaeffer once said that, in case you don't know who he was, he was a theologian back in the 70s. He was a Christian theologian he, in his mind. When, if you ever read one of his books, uh, you can't just go through it. You have to read it and read it and read it. At least I do, unless you're really smart. It's a lot smarter than I am you, you have to read it a few times before you begin to, to see the nuggets that he has but he said without, without absolutes in this world and there are some absolutes here there, is, there can be no there can be no peace there can be no real order and there can be no real happiness without absolutes to really guide us. God's ten commandments are absolutes. God's word is absolutely true. And there are things in here and choices that, that we have to make that a lot of people don't make today. And the choices that they make are wrong. Because they've they probably been deceived. We have a deceiver. Satan. He has come to kill, rob, and destroy And he's after, if you've confessed uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, uh, you're saved. You've got to take it to heaven. And Satan hates that. He hates, as as you said, he hates the name of Jesus. He hates the the choice that you made to follow Jesus. And he will do everything he can to waylay you, to cause you to make... Bad choices, choices that will absolutely destroy your life. You live every day with choices and those that you make. You need to pray. You need to begin to realize that you doubt your doubts. Don't doubt the word. Don't doubt what God, that impression, that word that that little that lines up with what God said. Don't don't doubt that. Live that and make that choice. I want to I I had some other stories I was going to tell you but there's one last story I want to tell you because choices can at the surface sometimes can be very Um, you just wonder, now, why did I make that? Why did I do that? Well, there was a fellow named Art Folletti, and he was a lawyer. Lawyers, um, are there any lawyers in here? (laughs) Lawyers can be pretty sly, and some can be very slimy. Well, Artful Eddie was one of the slimiest. He worked for the, worked for the mafia uh, in Chicago, Al Capone's group. And uh, he ran racetracks, and they were crooked, and they did all these. And he was making tons of money. He was very, very wealthy. Artful Eddie then had a son and it began to change his outlook on life. He thought, I don't want my son to be raised and be brought up with the name that I have today. And Artful Eddie turned in some of his bosses. He didn't get Al Capone, because the only way they got him was the income tax, but he, got, he turned in a number of the other bosses and he knew the chance that he was taking. And it wasn't long before two shotgun blasts ended Artful Eddie's life. Well, Artful Eddie's son grew up. He became a cadet at Annapolis, graduated, and became a fighter pilot. His name was his nickname was Butch, but he was actually Eddie Jr. And he became a fighter pilot, and during, this was during World War II, he downed five bombers that were attacking the aircraft carrier Lexington. He earned a Congressional Medal of Honor. And if you, the last time I walked through Chicago's O'Hara Airport, I saw a statue that was there and it was in honor of Artful Eddie's son Eddie O'Hara the choice that his dad made cost him his life but because of that his son uh, had the name that he he wanted him to have I believe that uh, the choices that you make the choice that you made when you received Jesus Christ and I want to say this if there's someone in here that hasn't made that choice and you want to make that choice right, right now you can and then after we get done I want you to come up and talk to us and we'll pray with you and I'm sure Daryl's got some things he can give you uh, that can help you in your further steps walking with Jesus Christ but I want to leave you with one thing I ran across um, I had some other stories but I'm not going to tell them to you no well, there will be another time but it's I, I, I ran across this and it's, it's the word uh, shalom And I want to leave you with that word, shalom. In Judges 6.24, it talks about Jehovah's shalom. It's a greeting and a blessing. And it goes this way. It goes, may you be whole in body and spirit as a result of being in harmony with God, with God's will and purpose for your life. May his peace be your covering. May your heart know his fullness. And by his mighty power, may you know victory over every enemy. May you know the healing power of his presence and restoration of every broken relationship. And may he bring you the greatest measure of contentment and the deepest satisfaction that your heart can possibly know through Jesus Christ. Shalom. Shalom. And never forget the one thing that that needs to enter in before the healing can really begin. And that's examine your heart. See if there's any bitterness, unforgiveness. And take care of it because the bitterness and the unforgiveness is only hurting you, not the other. Father God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for how you minister for the church here in Lincoln City. How it's it's truly filled with your spirit. And thank you, Lord, for the pastors here and the growth that's happening in in your people. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit that covers this place. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll continue to grow it, continue to grow in your people, and continue to bless this place. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to to bring God's word. And thank you, Lord, for the love that's here. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.